Hello, my name is Dr. Paul Wheatley-Price, a medical oncologist and president of Lung Cancer Canada. Welcome to our podcast series called Lung Cancer Voices. In this series of podcasts, I'm interviewing patients, caregivers, healthcare professionals, some of the leading lung cancer researchers in the country, indeed in the world, to highlight important and relevant issues facing those affected by lung cancer. Welcome to the latest podcast with Lung Cancer Voices. And this podcast is one of our special series to go alongside the 2020 Faces of Lung Cancer report. In that report that was issued on November 9th, and you can access on the lungcancercanada.ca website, we highlighted the urgent need for lung cancer screening to be rolled out across the country. And in this podcast, I'm going to be speaking to Erica Nicholson, who is the Director of Screening at CPAC. CPAC is the Canadian Partnership Against Cancer. And also with Natalie Fitzgerald, who is the Director of Performance at CPAC. And we will hear from them that CPAC has really been leading the charge over many years for implementation of lung cancer screening. So Erica and Natalie, uh, welcome to the Lung Cancer Voices pod. Great, thanks Paul, great to be here. Thanks for having us. Um, Erica, I'm going to start with you. And maybe for those who are not familiar, could you just maybe introduce CPAC to us? Sure. So, Paul, as you said, we are the Canadian Partnership Against Cancer. We are funded by Health Canada as stewards for Canada's strategy for cancer control. And so what does that mean? It means that we work with groups like Lung Cancer Canada, patients and families, uh, healthcare systems in the provinces and territories, and other partners to really chart progress towards the goals in that strategy. And I'm really pleased to say that uh, lung cancer screening program implementation is one of the priorities of the strategy. Right. And that strategy is recent. Is a, is a new strategy or relatively new? Yeah, that's right. We had considerable engagement um, with partners from coast to coast to coast. The strategy was uh, refreshed in 2019. And if you're interested in taking a look, it is available on our website at cancerstrategy.ca. And it has eight priorities uh, that we'd like to see. And by we, I mean that Canadians have identified, people in Canada have identified for changes and progress that they'd like to see in our cancer system. So you mentioned that lung cancer screening is one of those priorities. I would maybe, uh, people listening maybe want to listen to a previous episode of this podcast where I spoke to Dr. Stephen Lamb from British Columbia, who is probably our national leading expert on lung cancer screening. So if you want a lot of detail about screening, then you could reference that podcast. But Erica, maybe briefly, could you just kind of remind us what is lung cancer screening? Sure. I can't speak to it like Stephen can for sure. But for me, I talk about lung cancer screening as a way that we can find lung cancer or precancers growth early in people where we know that there's a better outcome, right? Better chances of successful treatment and cure. And recently in the last few years, there's been some really great evidence that has come out to show the benefits of using a tool called low dose CT. Basically it's a machine that takes a picture of your lungs uh, and through that picture, um, clinicians can find nodules and early lung cancers that can then be watched or treated as needed. It's kind of like a chest X-ray. People might be more familiar with an X-ray, but the technology is different and the clarity of the image um, is, is significantly improved. Yeah, much, much higher detail, isn't it? So, 
So like uh, mammogram screening is available for women to detect early breast cancer, so we'd like to see low-dose CT scan available for early detection of lung cancer. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, we've got a great history of screening programs in Canada um, across the country for breast, cervical, and colorectal cancer. So there's a really good foundation for us to be building on. What makes lung cancer screening different, though, is that it is recommended for, for people who are at higher risk for the disease, right? So we really need to be, as we're thinking about building and, and implementing lung screening programs, working with that population who stands to benefit the most and making sure that we're building these programs in a way that is, is going to work for them, right? So maybe you could um, tell me what has CPAC been doing in this? You, you said that it's a priority in the cancer strategy, but how has CPAC been leading the discussions around this over recent years? Sure. So there's a few ways that we, we've been involved. One of the ways is that we do convene a pan-Canadian network of interested partners from the provinces and territories, patients and family advisors. Lung Cancer Canada is there, right? Uh, and it's uh, chaired by Dr. Stephen Lamb to really see how we can work together as a country to um, move the needle to bring lung cancer screening and quite frankly, to learn from one another. So in addition to the network, we've also, and it's been great, identified some areas for collaboration, and that has been in producing um, modeling. Uh, what could the impact of lung cancer screening be in the, in the country, and how can we design the programs? And Natalie and her team have been really involved in that. Uh, we've produced some key resources, like how do you engage partners in developing a program? How do you know that you're ready to put a program in place? And what's the business case behind uh, lung cancer screening? And then when you find these nodules, you know, what's the best way to, to approach them? So we recently released a lung nodule management document. And I'm pleased to say that all of these resources for your audience who might be interested are available on our website. Right. And I, we should just mention that those lung nodules is important because uh, scans will pick up uh, a lot of things. Um, and a lot of those nodules will turn out to be benign and not be lung cancer, but there has to be some mechanism for, for managing that. N Natalie, maybe I could come to you because um, because Erica there just mentioned that you've been working on what what is the potential impact of screening. C could you could you touch on that? What are we hoping to achieve? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we know that the decision to implement lung cancer screening um, across all of the provinces and territories uh, requires a, a number of different decision points, um, and the business case, as Erica mentioned, is is an important one. And understanding what the cost implications of screening will be. Um, but also what the projected outcomes uh, we would anticipate through lung cancer screening. And so through using modeling, um, we've got a nifty micro simulation model at the partnership called OncoSim. We've been able to look at what different uh, types of eligibility criteria um, would affect who would be eligible for screening and what the cost would be to screen those individuals and what kinds of benefits we would expect to see. Um, under those different circumstances. And so through that modeling, we've been able to, to get to some best case scenarios um, to support the jurisdictions in planning for implementation. Can, can you give me like a number for this best case scenario? Are we saving tens of lives, hundreds of lives, thousands of lives? Or is that not yet known? It is known, it's just not something I have handy. <laughs> 
What, what I know is that currently 75% of people with lung cancer when they're diagnosed are at stage three or stage four where the cure rates are extremely low. Um, lots of new treatments that can help people live longer and live better, but still ultimately not cured. But with screening, what we're seeing is 75% um, of patients are now diagnosed at stage one or stage two. Erica, you want to jump in on this? Yes, I've got some of Natalie's outputs in front of me. <laughs> so uh, I think uh, what we saw in the, the Oncosim model is that we'll expect to have close to 20,000 case people diagnosed at stage one, right? So to pick up on your, your point, Paul, um, you know, most lung cancers are currently diagnosed at stage three and four. Uh, and then, you know, we'd expect close to 13,000 fewer people dying from lung cancer screening if, if lung cancer screening was, was initiated in Canada. Like, over, yeah. over, over what time period? Would that would be over be a 20, 20 year time period. Okay. Yeah. Compared to no screening, right? Right. Um, so that's, I think that's really encouraging. One thing I forgot to mention when you talk about how we're supporting the jurisdictions, in addition to all of the sharing and convening, is that the partnership has committed, I think, really exciting um, to, to funding uh, some planning with provinces and territories to implement lung cancer screening. And so over the next 10, 18 months, we've committed up to $5 million to help support the planning for the implementation of lung cancer screening in Canada. And I think that's really, really exciting. That's terrific. Um, and Lung Cancer Canada um, is uh, right alongside you in, well, I'm afraid not with $5 million, but with uh, whatever we can do to advocate and uh, promote screening, help with education for the public, for family doctors who are going to be making referrals. So hopefully uh, we, we can help you with that. Can I ask you um, what's happening in, in the provinces right now? We, we, we know that British Columbia has made this great announcement. Could you, I, I'm not sure if this Natalie or Erica, which, which one of you'd like to pick up on this, what's happening elsewhere in the country? Sure, I can start. Um, so that's right, yeah, we're really pleased to hear the announcement coming out of uh, British Columbia this fall. And, and we hope that this will start the momentum for commitments to lung cancer screening across the country. Ontario Health, the Cancer Care Ontario also just recently published their interim results from their pilot. Uh, and those are really encouraging and some really great practical considerations for others who are looking to implement. And uh, also we know that Practically every jurisdiction is either um, in that planning or pre-planning phase uh, for programs. Uh, and, uh, and so we're actively working with all of the provinces at this point in time on planning for lung cancer screening, as well as with the territories to establish some foundational elements for, for cancer screening writ large. Uh, and we're working with a professional association on some, some um, initiatives that will help standardize uh, uh, radiology practices across the country. So there's, there's a lot of activity that's happening, of course, in various phases of work, and, and that's appropriate. Uh, but it's a really exciting time, I think, uh, for lung cancer screening in Canada. Right. Yeah, actually, I was just learning this morning from one of my radiology colleagues about how CPAC is... Um, I think building or helping to build some programs to train radiologists across the country how to interpret screening scans appropriately. You mentioned the territories there. So in Ottawa, we serve um, a lot of Nunavut and Nunavut has amongst the highest lung cancer rates 
anywhere in the world. Would you be able to comment on none of it in particular? Yeah, I think what I can say, and, and when it, my preference is always for the territories, right, to speak in terms of their priorities, but uh, we are uh, working with Nunavut on some initiatives in cancer screening. I think, you know, discussions are happening around lung cancer screening, but they're also, right, you know, we, COVID also places some big challenges uh, in terms of priorities. And so as we're working with the territories, we're trying to work in a way that really respects the territorial priorities and, uh, and makes advancements in a way that's going to work for them. Okay, thank you. Um, is there room for patients to get involved with CPAC in trying to move the needle forward for screening? Absolutely. Uh, so at the partnership, we do have patient and family advisors who are integral to our work. Um, I know we've, I'll just share, it's always amazing to me and delightful, right? We've had some really fabulous patient family advisors involved in, you know, some of the products I talked about, that lung nodule management framework, right? Paul, you're talking about it in a clinical context, but there's also a very patient-centric context, you know, with the screening results. How should they be communicated? What makes sense? Um, what's clear to a patient, right? If I hear I've got a nodule, that's kind of a freaky thing to get on a report. Like how, how worried should I be? Uh, and so we've had excellent patient and family advisors uh, involved in that work. And I would also suggest as, we're, as the provinces and territories and service delivery organizations are doing their planning for lung cancer screening, that's a really important part where that patient partnership has to come into play so that programs are designed in a way that's going to meet the needs of the community. So um, either through the partnership or through the planning that's happening across the country, there are lots of ways um, that patients and families can and, and quite frankly need to be involved so that we're all successful in what we want to achieve. Great, thank you. Maybe I'll take this opportunity to do a shout out for a Lung Cancer Canada initiative called the Hope Army. So for patients who do want to get involved, they can um, register to join the Hope Army. And we have materials actually in the Faces of Lung Cancer Report about how to support some of these initiatives. I wanna thank you both very much for taking us through this screening. And I've got one final question for both of you, which is um, maybe Natalie, I'll come to you first and then Erica. What is your hope for lung cancer screening in Canada over the next, few years, what, what would be best case scenario you'd like to see, Natalie? I would love to see lung cancer screening implemented across all of our provinces and territories, uh, designed for those who serve to benefit the most from it, um, and, and really informed by um, those communities and, and, and really led from the ground up. Erica? I don't know if I could have said it better, right? I, I think, Natalie, having lung cancer screening coast to coast to coast and in a really good way, as you've uh, highlighted, would be fabulous. And if I was, the only thing I'd add is if there's an opportunity for lung cancer screening, I, I live in the east coast of Canada, and so we have the saying, the rising tide floats all boats, right? So if lung cancer screening can also help advance work in uh, smoking cessation and in pathways uh, for other people, right, who may have symptoms and that early diagnosis and the care and treatment side, um, then that would be an, that would be the icing on the cake, right? Terrific. Well, thank you both very much for your time on this podcast. Uh, if people listening want uh, more information, uh, you can go to the lungcancercanada.ca website, also the partnershipagainstcancer.ca website. 
which is the, the CPAC website. Um, and please join us for future podcasts. Thank you again for joining us. Thanks to our producer, Ryan Mullen. Please send us your feedback, like and follow us on Facebook at LungCan, on Twitter at LungCancer underscore can, and on Instagram at LungCancerCanada. For more information about lung cancer or to donate, volunteer or share your story, visit our webpage at lungcancercanada.ca.